Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. guys, how's it going? And welcome to another episode of Patch Chat with myself, Matt, and with Jake. Um, it is Patch Chat with Jake and Matt, and we are both here. Woohoo! How's it going, Jake? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, firstly, I must apologise to everyone last week. We didn't get a, a preview show done of the Raiders game. A, a few technical difficulties and scheduling issues just completely smash that one to pieces of uh, getting that done so apologies to everyone that's listening to this that was looking forward to our um preview of the raiders game but we are back up and running um well i would say i've had a little bit of rest and you have because you were off for the weekend but no you were away climbing mountains and killing yourself essentially <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i'm essentially wheelchair bound for a couple of days until uh muscles in, in my legs remember how to function but yeah i was off um climbing mount snowden um yeah highly recommend it for the view um if you want a physical challenge i recommend it if you are a lazy um couch potato like me consider your options there are other ways to spend weekends <laughs> His weekend spending watching college football and then NFL football. That's how a weekend should be spent right now. And but you're you're basically auditioning for the 49ers then by the sound of it right now. The amount of injuries that they they've got. Myself on injured reserve, put it that way. Just <laughs> early retirement. Early retirement. <laughs> yeah, so sounds good to me. I I'll just stick to that couch idea that you've got. That's uh, that's perfect. A couple of beers, football, Patriots, couch. No, no mountains. No, thank you. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. If your girlfriend or a significant other suggests that you go climb a mountain at a weekend, um, just just think about it. Think it through, and uh, just remember that I told you no. It's not a good idea. <laughs> Luckily enough, mine doesn't want to go climbing mountains, so I think the couch idea is best for both worlds. <laughs> but speaking of the speaking of the Raiders game. Um, what was your overall impression? Uh, well, so, I mean, for me personally, I'm, uh, I have a very, very, very soft spot for the Raiders. Out of all the teams, I've probably said something similar about the Seahawks, more from a respect point of view. But the Raiders, um, I don't have a second team, but they would probably be as close to a second team for me. So it's, a, it's, it's been interesting watching them kind of in the ascendancy after years of being absolutely crap. Um, but no, I mean, I think, I think it was a bit disappointing initially. I wasn't that impressed with everything that was going on offensively and defensively. We weren't really, you know, we were kind of letting the, the Raiders, um, dictate the game to us and impose their will. I mean, obviously their run game is sort of turned up in, in recent, um, recent games, admittedly we're in game game three, but um 
you know, I, I just felt like they were imposing their will a lot more. And this is a game that is about imposing will. Um, fast forward to the second half and bit by bit, that, that imposition kind of stopped and the pendulum swung and suddenly we were imposing on, on them. Um, I mean, look, I, I think I'm going to keep giving these like sort of short summary words, I guess, of, of the game. And I would say versatility, because if you look at us, you know, week one, um, lot of running, lot of running from Cam. Week two, not so much running, a lot of passing. Cam's using his arm. Week three, not really using Cam in, in, in the way that, you know, we'd probably have thought coming into this week. And, um, you know, the running backs deserve a, you know, a MVP of the game, you know, collectively. Um, I think versatility this is a this is an offense that is changing every single week, and you know your guess is as good as mine when it comes to the the Chiefs. You know what what offense is going to show up and what's the <laughs> game plan? It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Mm, I uh, I'm so glad that you have um, said that about the Raiders because we're not here to be vanilla at all. And um, yeah, so if you want to say you've got a soft spot for them, that's fine by me. But I cannot stand them. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> oh, they just bug the living life out of me. It's just, I think it's partly the whole, you know, no, they'll never forget the tuck rule. It is what it is, you know. Mm. It, it's maybe the same for a lot of Saints fans that they're not going to forget those games uh, against Minnesota with the the refereeing calls yeah. that happened. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. You got to live with it and get on with it. You don't. Not twenty years later, still bleating like a half dead sheep about the tuck rule and the yeah. game that should have been and um oh we set helped set up your dynasty or whatever like no um but also it doesn't work the other way around just because like you know if we go back in time and they win that game it doesn't mean that in 2020 they have six Super Bowls. yeah right? exactly right? it's come across like oh yeah yeah like if it wasn't like that game we would be the ones who no, I agree with you entirely on that. I think my, my soft spot is from rap, hip hop, and oh yeah, the the NWA is a, a huge thing, obviously, and yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I do like uh, I like obviously that's that it's um what you call it, it's natural that you might navigate towards a team because of such a thing in a way that is not your own team, which is clearly the Patriots. But um no, that that's sort of the other flip of the coin. Well not so much the the East Coast, West Coast rap battle that ensued in the eighties and nineties, but more just I think JD Sports has a lot to answer for because the amount of <laughs> JD Sports and Foot Locker um just putting out there, you know, the amount of caps and I even saw a tracksuit that must have been worth about 90 quid, well, not worth 90 quid, but it was for, selling for about 90 quid in uh, Foot Locker oh. once upon a time in Glasgow. And, you know, all these people that buy these caps because they think it's a cool logo or whatever, and then you inevitably you're walking down the high street and you go, hey, mate, cool, you, you like the Raiders, do you like NFL? And they're like, what? Oh, this thing. Oh, this, no, nah, mate, this just goes with my outfit. I'm like, no 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 so yeah that's kind of where the other part of my disdain stems from is jd sports and footlocker and 
other branded sportswear shops put in this mass market and it's a it falls in nicely to why I, I don't like the Yankees very much as they're along the same sort of lines and the Dodgers I think is the other one that their caps are just everywhere and have been everywhere yeah. through these sportswear companies and nobody has a clue about baseball and NFL or whatever the sport may be that they've ah no, this oh, this is red yeah it matches my outfit for today mate I'm like, no well, I mean, look, in, going back to the Raiders, um, <laughs> if anyone is a avid reader, then I can't recommend um, Badasses. Um, it's a book about the Raiders, um, John Madden's Raiders. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, all of those sort of legendary Raiders players that were, you know, living up to the name of, of the team. Um, really, really good book. Really interesting. A lot of characters in in that team, and some of the stuff that they were doing during training camp is is. I mean, you would not ever get away with that now. Not in the, in the <laughs> era of social media and the internet. But it's is a very, very good book, and I, I really recommend that to, to people in, in terms of just understanding the mythology of, of that team. Because to me, they've just got like so much more character than say someone like I don't know the Chiefs. To me, who are just kind of like eh. Or, yeah, I don't know, Atlanta or kind of another team where I'm kind of like, eh, like there's nothing interesting outside of yeah. there. At least the Raiders yeah. have got an identity. I'll give them that much. Out with oh, uh, sure. my, sure. my actual like rant there, like the black hole and things <laughs> that have will hopefully for their sake navigate to the Allegiant um, Stadium um, away from Oakland, obviously from the, their old haunting ground. If they can build a similar thing at the Allegiant Stadium, they can make that stadium a fortress, if you will, and a very tough team to be on the road to try and beat regardless. And especially um, what you're saying there about the style of football they used to have, to me it seems like John Green wants to go back to that style of football and expected a lot more smash-mouth football last night um, than we actually got. And I can't remember who it was towards the end. If it was, um, uh, honestly, I can't remember um, off the top of my head. But the, the one of the very last plays, um, we were taking the knee, obviously, just to run the the clock out. And then all oh. of a sudden, the, and there's a, a fight ensues. Um, you know, the play, our players drag 20 yards yeah. into the, their territory of the field. And there's almost a fight at the end when all we're doing is kneeling and or getting camped to kneel at the clock, you know. That was what I expected throughout the whole game. A bit of needle, a bit of this, a bit of that. Yeah. You know, what you got with Crabtree and uh Talib a couple of years ago. That was great. That was a that was a really cool fight that one. You know, that that sort of thing I expected a bit more of uh, last night, but it just didn't ensue for some reason. I don't know if it's because as you say, our versatility took over. Um yeah. And, you know, we adapted after having a bit of a crap first quarter, not getting any points, um, just field goals to show for it for the first couple of um, scoring drives for each team. And then it started to kick on from there. So, yeah, and I think I was, as I say, I expected a bit more of that that came at the end when they were clearly losing and that sort of, right, we've, we've lost it. We might as well just... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, essentially, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought their heads dropped. And I think while while they will probably 
evolve into more of a smash mouth i mean they are you know they already kind of are but start to really develop that persona as the season goes on i i don't think mentally they are in that that place yet because as as the score started to go up and that lead started to go up you visibly saw them on the sideline every time they were cut back over and their heads are you know body language is it's a it's a look i've seen not a lot, uh, admittedly, in, in my short playing career um, in, over here in, in Britball. But, you know, it, it was very, very similar with them kind of almost clocking out mentally and kind of going, oh, well, like, you know, maybe next week we'll, we'll do better and already thinking about, you know, flying home and, and seeing, the, seeing the family. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think... I think the Raiders are, are on the ascendancy going forward. I, I don't think that, you know, we'll be able to kind of laugh at them in the sort of, you know, hammer and nail conversation as they have been the last few years. But it's going to be interesting for just watching them from afar going forward, you know, how, how mm. they do things. Yeah, I mean, they started well the first couple of games of the season. Really Really, really well. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to put too much on it because the the Panthers don't seem like a great football team this year and they obviously had them week one and they kind of struggled a little bit against them so I thought mm, and then they had a bit of a better game last week and going in this week you thought well it could be a tough one but thankfully it ended up not being that way and I think the again I think it's a really good word you've used this week Jake is, is the versatility we've shown we were able to adapt quite quickly after a much maligned um, first quarter of the game that we started to basically play our way into it as far as I could see and uh, your man that we spoke about last time Taylor uh, JJ Taylor came up with a, a pretty good game uh, I think you must have been impressed with that one were you? Yeah I mean I, I was impressed with all the running backs in, in fairness I, I was um, I mean, I don't think on this podcast I've been particularly... I haven't really said anything about Rex Burkhead, but I can tell you I'm probably not his biggest fan per se. Um, I've just kind of been like, yeah. Um, no, Rex, Rex turned up, obviously. Um, yeah. Michelle, first half, I don't know, wasn't really there. And then, I don't know, someone must have said something to him because then suddenly he appeared um, like some kind of, I don't know, running, you know, the running back that we, we saw from that Super Bowl 53 run, um, suddenly finding holes, finding gaps. It was, it was almost like someone just kind of gave him a pet talk and said, Sony, you know, here's the greatest hits of your, you know, your, your, Super Bowl 53 rookie season, this is what you could do, remember? And yeah, yeah. well, I mean, he remembered. <laughs> yeah, he found holes and he was uh, getting the gaps and breaking off runs. And uh, even even there was a couple of times that he ran into players, which yeah. would normally Change just... Yeah, normally would stop him dead. He would run into players and that was kind of it. But his cutting was a lot better this week. And I think it, it shows that his knees actually... 100%. I think I think that's the big difference with Michelle now is his knee must be fully healed because to get those cuts without the worry of something tweaking or uh, I think that was his problem. He was trying, obviously trying to get going and then not because he would tweak it because you know yourself if you're running however many miles an hour one way and then you dig your foot in to cut the other way 
or vice versa, whatever, then, you know, your fear of your MCL, your ACL, or just your hamstring, your quad, or um, your calf or something, because it all tries to compensate for one another when you've had injuries and surgery like he has, I I reckon you could see big games and big strides from him going forward, hopefully. Um, not only for himself, but also for the team, because we, we really need him just now. And, uh, um, as you say, Rex stepped up to the plate and pff, had a, a huge day in general with the three touchdowns, even though he didn't manage as much overall yardage as Sony, but still, he'd, you would say he was quite more than probable the man the match of the, the week if you're picking one, but Michelle going forward with James White probably being out further, I would guess in a couple of weeks because to get over something like he's um, dealing with right now isn't going to be an overnight fix, sadly for him and you know, um, I've not actually checked up on the state of, uh, states of his mother recently, but so I don't know if he's if she's pulled through or not. But yeah, even then, like if she if she has pulled through, she'll need care and such like that. Um, as a son, you would want to be there for. So your your mind's not in football, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's out out. You know, not injured, but you know what I mean, for a number of yeah. weeks yet. Whilst he deals with all this family stuff going on, because mentally he won't be ready. So to have Michelle, Sony Michelle, step up like that, I was really impressed this week with his his cuts and his. Um, evading of tackles and things which hasn't been there in previous weeks before yeah and how, you know, maybe it's a confidence thing um, mm, yeah definitely coming back injury mm-hmm. having been there myself blowing out my ACL doing one of those cuts that you were talking about yeah you know, it, mentally it is quite a big thing to overcome that you know when you plant your foot and push off that it's you're not going to feel it go bang um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Was, you know, as you said, I think that the running backs this week, you know, <laughs> more than than paid uh, for their salaries. You know, go remember mm-hmm. a good night. Well, <laughs> well done, boys. It was good to see that um, they didn't actually use calm as the, what they've done the last two weeks because it is showing um, an evolving offense as you mentioned, and, you know, one week you will get Cam run heavy, then you will get the running backs run heavy, you'll get Cam pass heavy another week. So it sets it up nicely for, for next week, which we can get into later in the week. Um, we'll stick to the Rangers game for now, but now it's definitely setting up for an interesting one next week and with the, the game on tonight, which I'll probably, I'll admittedly not watch him because it's not my team, but it's going to be a a barnstormer of a game, I would more than likely imagine, um, between the Chiefs and the Ravens. And with that, only the one seed getting the bye this year, then I think that makes it all the more important for the pair of them. And this is the first sort of instance that we'll see of how this new NFL playoff and bye week structure might come into play going forward in years to come when you, I mean, week three in this game is massive, huge already and we're not, not even reached Halloween yet but I digress back on the actual Patriots talk um, so overall you were impressed with the running game um, Yeah, I think yeah. as you alluded to, I think it's going to open us up moving forward, I think 
surprisingly, we're, we're very balanced, I think. Um, you know, if we've got a strong running game and, you know, you don't know if it's coming from the running back or, or Cam himself, it does open that passing game up um, mm. a hell of a lot, which then grabs, you know, guys like in Kiel, um those opportunities to, to get open and, and to sort of show their stuff. So, you know, I think... Yeah, I mean, as, as I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how we kind of, you know, try to tackle the, the, the Chiefs and, and what the game plan is because, you know, it's, it, we just seem to be that constantly evolving and changing, shifting, you know, form. So, yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Harry there because he had a quiet game this week with only a couple of receptions and Again, it it could get back onto the oh he's a, he's a first round bust or whatever. But I just think it, it didn't call for him this week, and it's something that we will see that we've known for years under Belichick and um, Josh McDaniels that if you do play fantasy, then there are maybe only one or two or three fantasy relevant players in a Patriots offense, and especially at the running back. Um, side of things, yeah. but and almost always the the receivers as well. You know, you've got Edelman. We used to have Gronk. Brady was another that's a, a surefire pick because he's a quarterback. And um, Cam's a a great pick in fantasy this year. Edelman, another one. But then from there on in, I mean, to have pff, there's so many. Receivers this week. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different receivers. Mm. Um, I mean, none of them were over fifty yards for the. And that's that's not how you're winning fantasy championships if you're picking up receivers that I can't even get fifty yards in a in a game. So this week, more no. than ever, fantasy relevancy went out the window, and we all know that Bill Belichick doesn't care what your fantasy team's up to he just wants to win games and at the end of the day we're all Patriots and we want to win games as well and the one thing about the um, passing that did annoy me this week was um, I think it was the start of the second quarter just before we got our first field goal that Ryan Izzo was wide open on the right hand side and Cam could have thrown to him eventually then tried to throw to him when he was in the end zone but just throw, let him catch it and turn. He's a big dude. He could have maybe picked up another few yards or um, or, or not. Just You wouldn't know until you threw it to him. But yeah, I was a bit annoyed that he didn't. Trust. I think that's a trust thing, personally. Yeah, that, he was, as I say, it was, it was only a five-yard pass and then Izzo had mm. the chance to turn and maybe... It's just that moment of reluctance. Of yeah, just he... he, he um, yeah, I I don't know. It just it, it irked me a little bit. It didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but um, and I'm not the biggest as a fan, but it just irked me that he had a wide open receiver to when it was was it first or second in goal as well. I think that um could have just got that bit closer to possibly getting a touchdown because it could have mattered at at that stage. It, it ended up it didn't, but no, I was just a bit annoyed by that. But overall, I was quite happy that we've got eight different um, receivers on the board um, this week. And I think Gil flashed. He had that uh, one reception where he sort of spun around, if I remember right. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, he only had, what, 
two targets from what I can see. So four targets, two receptions. So um, no, I, I think I think he's a slow burner personally. I think you know maybe what halfway through the season, going into three quarters, we'll, we'll have a, a much better idea of him as a as a receiver, where he fits into that offense, and you know mm-hmm. is he Cam's trusted trusted guy after Edelman, you know, Edelman, the safety blanket, is, is Harry the guy who's going to maybe take the top off a bit more or, you know. Yeah, I mean, that? Edelman, haven't, uh, as you said, uh, Edelman only had two receptions for the whole game. So it's not just Harry that was, it wasn't him as a problem or an issue. It was just the game plan and they executed the game plan um, really well. And the, the defence obviously helped a lot with that as well, I think. So I think we should flip it and look at them. Um, they're outstanding. I thought they had a, a really good game. They forced the forced fumble on Josh Jacobs in the first half, who had the potential to run all over us this week. I think um, we limited him for 70-odd yards, was it, I think? Um, yeah, 71 yards we limited Jacobs to this week. So... Around about there, I'm happy enough as long as we don't have these runners that get 100 yards plus in a couple of touchdowns, then you can handle that. You can give them chunk plays now and again in their own half of the field, but not in ours. And when he was encroaching towards halfway in our half, I think it was, it was around, I think it was around the 25 or 30 yard line, he managed to get a forced fumble out of Jacobs. That was the start of it that set up the rest of the game for me, apart from the, the first quarter where they only managed a field goal as well. Um, overall, I was impressed. What, what was your overall thoughts of the, the defence this week? Mm, I think the coaching was good. I would turn, uh, you know, like, um, what's his name? Darren Waller. Is it Darren? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Darren Waller. Was he there? I felt like I was kind of like, what happened to that dude? Um, I think he'd one target they, the whole game, I think. Yeah. They shut him. They sort of cut him off. Um, obviously, there was the safety turn touchdown. I mean, it, it, look, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I'm still quite disappointed, I think, you know, coming into this year, expecting our defense to be setting the tone um, mm. rather than the offense. But, you know, as you said, they they shut the Raiders off and, and kind of kept them from from doing what they wanted to do. Um, yeah. I think, if I'm honest, it's probably my my disappointment probably comes from Gilmore because this is the reigning defensive player of the year. Yeah, and he just doesn't really look like he's fully in gear yet in terms of you know cutting, you know being the shut down, you know Revis Island 2.0 or almost of you know just. You know, whoever their, their their biggest target is, and, and okay, right, cool, he's out of the game. Um, you know, this week it was it was Waller. Um, we'll just have to see how how, how Gilmore does next week. Um, mm. I think he had a couple game. of flags again this week, didn't he? One of them was yeah. on that one. Um, I think it was uh, uh, Renfro throw that yeah. ended up. Yeah, he got a flag thrown for that one. It was that was one thing that did disappoint me about the defence this week. Apart from Gilmore, maybe like being a bit tag happy with his pass interference again. Was there was a couple? There was the Moreau touchdown, which he was kind of 
um, almost wide open for. But that throw, there was one other with Renfro, I think it was. The, these sort of floaty balls that Derek Carr is known for. I wrote about it in my NFL Scotland article about these floaty balls that is prime targets for the likes of JC Jackson and Gilmore and, and Devin McCourty to pick off. I thought there might have been a couple more turnovers um, because of that, that there wasn't, I was a bit disappointed by that. There wasn't like a pick six or a couple more turnovers based on these floaty throws that Carr is susceptible to that, you know, they're really not fizz towards the receiver and they should be picked off and they weren't in that irked me and bugged me a bit. So yeah, I would agree with you from that point of view that it, it was a bit, mm, you know, there, there's definitely work. We, like, they, we may have been spoiled by last year. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I mean, but, uh, you can't complain about flipping um, on the goal line. To, it goes from an, a, a possible safety to an actual... Um, a touchdown. So I mean, there is that. But yeah, the Carr is one of the the quarterbacks. We can't take it every week, but Carr is definitely one I pinpointed. Um, that I thought, well, these floaty balls, they are prime for our um, backfield yeah. to nip in in front of the receivers and grab them and um, gain yardage, going back the opposite way yeah. to really rub salt in. But it didn't materialise. I mean, they gave up twenty points which obviously means they need 21 or more. to. And so, some weeks last season, we couldn't even get that. And that was with Brady at the helm. We couldn't even muster up 21 points to win a game. So to, to manage 36, when we're like, hmm, uh, yeah, could be better this, could be better that. It's, it, again, it's another positive for me. But yeah, the actual defence overall, I was, I was quite happy and impressed with what they what they done. Maybe can more. I just say, well, um, we need to give a special mention to Chase Winovich because I was getting there. Really yeah, seen, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that second year, that second year leap is is coming along. A strip sack, and then you know him doing that. I I think just shifted the game in terms of um, you know what was happening. Um, Chase just, I think they alluded to it in the commentary. You know, the Patriots always have one of those those kind of guys in the team who just gets it mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gets it he really gets it and um, I think he's almost filling in that high tower type of role yeah it's the exact you know name I, mean? I was on the tip of my tongue as well yeah yeah it, it just feels like you know considering how many of our players we've lost um, you know either due to free agency trades COVID you know opting out etc um Chase is, you know, I think we we probably said it on this podcast, you know, he's, he's got big shoes to fill, he's got a mm-hmm. big role to, to take over, and I mean, he's he's doing a hell of a job, so, you know, congrats, and, you know, hopefully he keeps this up, and we've got yeah. an absolute, you know, staple piece in, in the defence moving forward. Definitely, I, I've not looked into the actual nitty-gritty stats of it with how many pressures he had and stuff, but it must have been quite a few, I mean, the box score is only reading with um, two tackles, zero assisted, and obviously that um, sack as well. But there, if you look on next gen stats or whatever PFF or graded and or and you know these various websites, I can imagine that the actual pressures and things that's on him um, for yesterday is quite high because anywhere you looked, if he was on the field, he was 
inches within Derek Carr a few times, definitely, and it, it forced them in to do things. Uh, again, back to what I've said in these floaty balls that it forced uh, Derek Carr a couple of times or a couple of just like throwaway checkdowns that um, I think there was one that he forced them, ended up, was it reverse? Um, they got the they got a tackle for one yard. It should have been a sack, probably, but Winovich was at the the forefront of that to force him, you know, force him back into a lot of the other Patriots players. So no, definitely, I was. Um, I'm pleased that you've mentioned him and singled him out in the defence because I, I, when I was watching back some of the highlights today, then I purposely any time it was. Raiders with the ball. I just looked for that blonde hair to see where he was going and what he was yeah. doing, and it's so distinctive against uh, the blue of the the uniforms they were wearing yesterday. So it was easy to pinpoint him, and yeah, he was getting all over the place and then about Derek Carr's face quite a lot. So keep it up, yeah. Jace. Uh, we're a big champion of you in this Pat's Chat podcast. So yeah, long long may it continue for sure, definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, just um, was there anything else that irked you or happy about the defense or the game overall um, before we wrap this up? I think we've covered everything pretty much. There's not much else to to go over. And no, I think in... the only thing we could really talk about, I guess, is is Cam. Um, from my perspective, I mean, it was clearly a, a bit of a slump this week. Um, yeah. I mean, the only thing I was going to really bring up was just like a the energy. <laughs> like, I mean, it was really it was really interesting as like a, a long time um, Patriots fan who's only ever known Brady. Um, you know, Brady's energy is is very different to, to Cam's. You know, you get Brady when he sort of. LFG starts going and he starts, you know, Psycho Tom, as Skip Bayless refers to him, you know, running around screaming at people, you know. Uh-huh. If, if, if the Patriots are up however many points, you don't tend to see Psycho Tom come out, whereas yeah. Cam is hyped, you know, when the, when the uh, defence got the safety and then, you know, was turned into a touchdown, Cam was in there, like slapping him over the head and tap, like he was high. It was, it was just kind of like, this is, I'm not used to this at all. Mm. Um, the silliness I, I, on the sideline as well from Cam. I, I was a, yeah. don't know you might, if you see, uh, seen any of the, the footage at the time. There's the, the, I think it was the NFL UK Instagram account is, or the Patriots Instagram account has captured a couple of the sideline bits where he's just like, pretty much acting like jelly sort of and he slides off the seat yeah. and it's like this kind of silliness and happiness and you know it's just as you said, it's completely different to what we've been used to and it's, there's none of this I mean I'm I'm one of them that thought this is, this is could be a recipe for disaster you know the the sternness and the um mm. the age-old Bill Belichick in this well he's not a young guy as such but you know he's a completely different and just a personality in general coming along with his hats and his swag and his his blue suits and yellow suits and whatever and this is going to be a complete mix mash of mishmash of you know personalities personality clash but it's working and he's letting him do it and it's brilliant to see that he's just you know they're 
they can be 16 points up and a bit of fun and not this mm. stern face on the sideline the whole time. It, it, it is good. It's As a fan, it's great to watch, definitely. I, th- I think uh, I just wanted to add that in. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh, no, no, no. Like, uh, I mean, I, I completely agree. It's, it's been interesting just... You know, I have I had the same thought. I think most you know most fans would probably have turned around and said it's not going to work. You know, the Patriots are known to be sticklers for detail and you know do your job. And you know, what did that guy say? We're all you know the the players were all robots and the organization and, and franchise as a whole are just so regimented. It's you know bordering on military school. But you know they they allowed him to kind of express himself, and it kind of goes to show that. You know, the Patriots and the coaching staff and Belichick, you know, they they aren't robots at the end of the day. It's all about, you know, having fun and, you know, it's football, man. Like, you should be enjoying football and not running out kind of being like, oh, man. You know, you've got one of the best jobs in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, Cam, Cam, Cam knows that and acts like that. I just think it's really cool. It's really refreshing. And it's just a different energy. And, you know, yeah. I think my point was just going to be... Uh, you know, maybe not to say that he's a better leader than, than Brady by any means, but you know, after however many years of Brady and everything being a certain way and everything done a certain way, him bringing in that energy and it being so infectious with his charisma, you know, mm. maybe that's actually what the organization and the players needed, to be quite honest with you. If we brought yeah. a Tom Brady, you know, um, replacement in and I'm not sure who who that would be but you know we bring a veteran in who's got a similar energy to, to Brady and does it a similar way uh-huh. you know would that have translated would we be seeing these results would the players be responding as they have been and it's yeah as I said it's, it's just cool to see it it's interesting as a Patriots fan to sort of see the team that you've you know watched for so many years act a certain way now not act that way it's it's, it's, a, it's a bit bizarre it's a, it's a bit strange, but you know, we'll, we'll see how how that transpires going through. Mm. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a charismatic guy. Like you know, they have to let him do that type of stuff. That's just how he is. That's how he plays. And yeah, you know, we'll still we'll, he, he. I don't. I still don't think we've seen the best of him yet. No, no, I don't think so. And at the end of the day, if the if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, they don't extend him. You can't get another job in the NFL. What Cam should do is come over here, um, hit up the BBC, become the new presenter of Bargain Hunt because those suits and that. Oh, he, he's giving he's giving David Dickinson a run for his money for sure. Uh, Bargain Hunt, Cam. That, that's your next move if it doesn't work out in the NFL. Definitely. <laughs> that would be incredible. Well, that guy used to present Channel 4's coverage of the horse racing. Oh, John. I don't know it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know the one you're on about. It's John something. The guy ended up in Big Brother. That's the one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Nah, no, I can't remember his other name. But yeah, no, I I think Bargain Hunt. He's he's given uh, David Dickinson a run for his money with those suits that he's he's producing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what's worse, the one yesterday, the one the week before, or the the granny look he had for the Panthers last season or two seasons ago during the All or Nothing yeah. uh, feature. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Fair play if you can pull that off, which some think you can, some think you can't. But yeah, no, it's, definitely, it's not me. Hey, look, uh-huh. it's not hurt anyone. It's all good. It's all good. It, it's not. It's not. It's not me. I'm not pulling off a 
a powder blue suit um, unless it's you know trying to um, be Saturday Night Fever or something like that. <laughs> 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 no, but no, fair play. I, mean, I just uh, I just thought I was when I saw the the press conference laughter. I was like. He reminds me of someone or something's clicking here and, and just, just as you're talking there I thought bargain hunt that's it that's what it is <laughs> so for anyone who, who's listened to this who has no clue what the bargain hunt is please go look it up it's especially the older episodes it's basically just a uh, antiques type show um, but no you'll see if you look at the old presenter it's it'll ring through with you I'm sure <laughs> David Dickinson. David yeah. Dickinson. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the Chiefs. Uh, definitely. I, I I'm not sure how it'll go. I'm I'm yet to dig into it, which we will do later in the week. But yeah, no, this has set us up nicely. Um, a bit of bit of good spirit and uh, going into we need a win going into the Chiefs game and, and we got it and we got a decent performance overall um, so I'm happy with uh, how it went yesterday but the, actually, the only other thing I want to touch on actually was the, the lack of crowd at Gillette um, obviously a weird thing I think Boston in the general area the mayor is doing a good thing by keeping the crowds out of there I know other stadiums are getting partial crowds back in but I just for me it's still too there's too much COVID in in the area and overall um, for having these crowds back in I saw a a report from the the opening game with the Chiefs and and, uh, Texans I don't know how true it is I don't you know how social media can be with news and things but apparently there was a spike in cases in Kansas because of the, the crowds in, in the game I mean, as I say I've not checked out the source or anything but it wouldn't surprise me and um, yeah I, it was weird but it's a good thing and hopefully it's it continues until it's at a point that it settles down because it's it's needed sadly Um but yeah, it just felt a bit weird. I don't know about you, but watching it, just, uh, it was a bit strange without, especially a day game as well, um, as it was yesterday. That the the crowd noise was a bit weird, uh, the fake crowd noise. I don't yeah, know how much that. I mean, um... carry on. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no, I was going to say. I mean, in, in my um, uh, watching my day job on on TV, it was the. Um, Russian Grand Prix. Um, oh yeah, the one in Sochi. Uh, we won't go into all the ins and outs of, of that. That's uh, that's our other podcast. But the um, the race had, I think, thirty thousand people attending in in Sochi, which I just thought was kind of crazy, really, when you consider you know how um, similarly to the NFL, Formula One has you know kind of kept people in their bubbles and you know constant testing and you know with, with all that effort going on all it takes is for you know one person to shake the wrong person's you know hand or whatever that is you know mm. and suddenly you, you've got a, a big problem and I think the NFL uh, you know doing the right thing I think you just can't you know you just can't be too careful you know you, the last thing you want is to kind of be on the on the last legs of, of, of COVID infection and you know it being you know uh, low and 
on its last legs, hypothetically, and then suddenly you've got a massive spike again. So, yeah, I mean, the crowd noise is, is a bit weird. I'm probably used to it now from watching um, yeah, true. United games with the weird FIFA <laughs> um, <laughs> delayed noises at this point. But, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's just going to be a... Um, Know, from from someone in in the sports industry, I think it's going to be something that we're going to have to get used to for for the time being, and it's going to be the new normal for for a while and, until things start to to calm back down and resume back to normal. If there is ever such a thing, yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> thought I just thought that they should. Overall, when I heard that crowds were being let into certain games and not others, I thought that just shouldn't be allowed. You know, there's even though there is yeah. only 6,000 in a 60,000-seater stadium or something, there's still some form of backing for that team that gives the home field advantage. And rightly so, there should be some sort of home field advantage, I guess. But it's just not fair if it's not league-wide. But I think I just wanted to say that. Yeah. I think the, the Boston... And for the rest of the season. And, yeah, exactly. And the, the Boston mayor and the... Yeah, yeah, is actually like doing the right thing by this and not just um do like going against the grain sort of thing. And now oh, we need fans back in. I mean, I don't know if people listening that watch Bundesliga football, but there's they're going by a certain margin. I think it's under thirty cases per hundred thousand that they're going. Yeah, you can have your right. Yeah, you know, the, I think it's about. A sixth, roughly, because I think Dortmund wanted ten thousand, won sixteen thousand in an eighty thousand stadium, but only got ten. So yeah, that was like an eighth and sixth and eighth of um, the capacity they're getting over in Germany just now. But they're doing it by again by local basis, which I get. It seems then a bit unfair that if cases spike in an area that they, they then don't get that home field advantage when they've had it in previous weeks or the opposition would get it if the game was reversed and it should just be a blanket one way or another and get on with it, I suppose. But no, it was just, it was a bit strange, but and the crowd noise was a bit weird, but yeah. It just, I think it's just because it's delayed is the problem. Like I am used to it from watching yeah, English Premier League games and things and I prefer it overall, but I, if, I just don't think NFL need it as such because you're getting to see and hear a lot more than you maybe would otherwise with the cadence of the quarterback and how they need to... Because how you can jump offside and things like is, um, or neutral infraction is almost, you know, how is that possible when there's no noise? But they're managing it because of what the quarterbacks and um, have had to do to try and instill that in the opposition or even themselves but with hard counts or not hard counts etc I was just I like that intricacy that is then taken away partly I think and just doesn't need it for me yeah I think I think that's quite an interesting point just how how teams have tried to adapt to that um, because it's it's a it's a new variable I guess that wasn't there last year or the year before and you know going back a, a very long time um, it'd be interesting as well just going forward if, if people really try to play up to that I mean cadence is such an important part of um, an offense and likewise for a defense to suddenly go up to hear it especially mm-hmm. watching game film and you kind of know you know 
he said it a certain way or there's gestures that he does. Um, I mean, there's an interesting, I was watching a video earlier this week and it was Cam Newton when he was with the Panthers and um, the guy interviewed, he was doing an interview in front of a quite a large audience and the guy asked him like, oh, what, what is it that you say in the huddle? Um, and Cam basically sits there and gives him, you know, he, he pretty, pretty much like <laughs> kneels down in the middle of the stage Gives a gives a play and then explains every single word of that play um, to the to the audience as to like you know what you know each thing means who it's referring to what the route is etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, yeah I was, I was watching that and I was kind of like you know it, it's such a complex part of the game and for a defense to be able to kind of um, even get small reads like that, that you would otherwise never get, you know, those small things that you would never hear or, you know, reflections potentially, you know, it, it really does just add another layer of complexity to an already complex game. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, as I say, if you were in the, the Superdome or at Gillette or Chiefs Arrowhead, whatever, and it's yeah. third and long, you know, that crowd can be really loud and get on your back. Or even the one digressing from the Patriots, the Eagles and Bengals from yesterday, that last yeah. few minutes, they seemed absolutely content to get out of jail with a tie game. Whereas Eagles especially, and just that wouldn't be allowed. You know, in general, if you had home fans or... um. Our fans in general at the stadium, then you know that would G one to try and um, yeah win the game. Whereas they just went, nah, nah, it's all right. We'll just uh, we'll just take a tie, get out of jail, and move on to next week. So yeah, I just uh, thought it was interesting. Um, just wanted to make a little point of it out of it. But yeah, so <laughs> I think we've. Um, Covered the, the Raiders game. As we've said a couple of times, we are on to the Chiefs game next. Um, remember, folks, to rate, review and subscribe and you will get us into whatever podcatcher app you listen to uh, us on that will drop every week. Um, usually we are Tuesday and Thursday slash Friday for our um, preview show the following week. So, yeah, rate, review and subscribe at Pat's Chat UK for the podcast Twitter, at Matt Tinkster if you want to come banter with me, at Jake Paul Design if you want to banter with Jake. Um, please do. Feel free to uh, drop any suggestions or anything you want us to cover on the show, any questions you want to ask or whatever. Um, tell your friends and, you know, retweet our links and things. The Instagram is up and running. I am quite shocking Instagram, Jake. I'm going to let you take over with that when you do actually have <laughs> more than a minute spare time. Um, we will get up and running. But yeah, if you if you want to start tagging us in that you're watching the episodes and your stories and things like that, that'd be much appreciated as well because uh, Instagram is up and running. But we've just not had that time this last week since I sorted it to get that sorted. So yeah. Um, tag us on Instagram, tag us on Twitter tell your friends rate, review and subscribe and we will catch you later in the week for the Chiefs game, so until then it's uh, goodbye from me it's goodbye from Jake and we'll see you soon see ya see you later